This is a 980 CKNW podcast. You are live with Get Connected. Mike Agarbo here in studio. I've got fellow tech friends, John Beeler and AJ Vickery with me today. We've got a really interesting show, and it's uh, mostly revolving around Amazon uh, this week. We have uh, an expert. His name's James Thompson. He used to be a business leader over on the Amazon side. He's going to give us uh, a peek behind the curtains on how Amazon works. And this is coming up now because a lot of uh, folks have been accusing Amazon of uh, gating their own products, basically favoring their brands over other people's brands. This sounds vaguely familiar. (laughs) (laughs) Does it, John? No, uh, they wouldn't. They wouldn't. (laughs) Never. So when you look at Amazon, they are massive. They have, uh, you know, hundreds of thousands of sellers on there because it's like a big marketplace. Uh, obviously, millions upon millions of consumers uh, as well. So I think it's an important show. If you shop on Amazon, which many, many listeners, I, I know you do, uh, I think you need to listen to this program to, to understand what is happening. And if you're interested in selling on Amazon, is there still an opportunity to actually make some money out of that? Huh? Is there? Well, we're going to find out. Uh, let's look at some of the tech news uh, this week. And I, I want to start with a, a really weird one. Uh, pa- Pablo Escobar's brother, I guess the, uh, the the drug kingpin, his brother has claiming he has made a folding smartphone and it's unbreakable. Roberto Escobar. I don't Same know guy how- that made the flamethrower, right? I think so. Yeah. 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 You hear about that? <laughs> no, no. Uh, I don't know how this guy's still alive, um, but uh, it's called the Escobar Fold One. Do you have some details, John? Sadly, I do. Okay. <laughs> um, it's a folding screen, right? It's a folding screen. It does not fold flat. It looks like a folded pile of newspapers. Yes. Because it's got a giant hinge. Um, you can open it up flat, but when it's folded, it, it looks like a, a Costanza wallet almost. Yeah, exactly. Costanza <laughs> wallet. That's awesome. <laughs> um, the, key, the really interesting thing, though, is the price point. They're suggesting this is going to be 349 US dollars. when it, It's available now, apparently, uh, on their website, which has no details about specs, about what kind of device it is, other than the ridiculous claims that Mr. Mr. Escobar has made. And quite a interesting video that they've produced to show it off with a bunch of scantily clad women running around in high heels playing with this folding device. Do they actually show it? They're holding it. Okay. But it looks like a prototype. You don't actually see the screen or anything like that. They don't actually fold it on in the little video clip. But How, how is it unbreakable then? Like it's well, a folding screen. He, again, ridiculous claim department. He's saying he didn't have to use glass like Samsung did, so he's using a special form of plastic. But we know the Samsung Fold uses plastic screens. Yeah, and they had issues. Right. They had to redesign the whole yeah. damn thing. But he's also talking about a class action lawsuit that he's launching against Apple because, quote, they are cheating the people and selling worthless phones to consumers overpriced. My lawyers have been ready for a long time, but before I sue them and give money back to the people which they deserve, I want to show them that my product is much better. <laughs> how is this, how's it going to sell this folding phone for $349? Believe me, if Samsung could bring their phone price down, it's like 2600 Canadian. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. <laughs> I'm telling you, they would have brought it down. They would have brought the price down. Yeah, I don't know. I think I'm going to order one. 
<laughs> it's like fun bonus all over again yeah. first 500 are free uh so the only thing that uh it is not protected against is fire from the flamethrower <laughs> i don't know okay john uh you sent me a really weird picture or video today of uh the tesla cyber truck uh, actually driving on the street in front of our office yes driving poorly because i was driving it okay what what is this? So <laughs> somebody came up with uh, an app. It's called AR Cybertruck. It's available on the App Store. It's made in Unity, which is sort of the the thing that's being used for all kinds of video games. It does all the live sets for the Mandalorian, and now it can do a Cybertruck on your phone. So you basically point your phone in the direction of where you want to go. You get some on-screen controls, and then you can actually drive a Cybertruck that's supposed to be to scale uh, around the the streets. People are using this app to actually see if the Cybertruck will fit in their garage. <laughs> <laughs> and will it? Apparently, people are having problems because it's quite big. Okay, uh, let's uh, move along here. We're going to have to take a quick break, but if you shop on Amazon or are thinking of selling on Amazon, we have an amazing guest. His name is James Thompson. He used to be a business director over there, and now he helps people and companies uh get their products onto Amazon into the marketplace. You would be surprised at what is happening and how Amazon treats the different sellers and how they treat their own products with something called gating. We'll give you all the uh, the info about that. And again, if you are shopping on Amazon, I, I, I'm telling you, you need to listen to this uh, upcoming uh, segment. You're listening to Get Connected here on the Chorus Radio Network back after this. You are back with Get Connected. Mike Agarbo here with John Beeler. Well, we're coming up on one of the busiest shopping seasons of the year, the holiday season, and literally billions of dollars will be uh, done online. Do you do most of your shopping online now? I'd say probably about 95%. <laughs> okay. I would say that's uh, that's most of it. Yep. Well, I, I think if you were to have people name the biggest uh, e-tailer, they would probably say Amazon. Uh, I do, I think... A majority of my shopping on Amazon, I, I know you do uh, as well. And you know, the simple reason is they've got good prices. They've got, uh, you know, in many cases, next day shipping, and uh, they've got gazillions of products. But let's delve into the or delve into the uh, the secrets of Amazon and uh, ask some questions like: Are they favoring some of their own products, and how does it all work? Well, we have an expert on the line. His name is James uh, Thompson. He's a former business leader at Amazon and now a partner at uh, Buybox uh, Experts. Thanks for joining us today. Thanks for having me on today, Mike. Uh, so this is uh, going to be an interesting uh, discussion because I think you know a lot of people do use Amazon. Uh, a lot of people have Amazon Prime. I think there's over 100 million paid Amazon Prime uh, members around uh, the world. And I just wanted to kind of get into the basics of uh, how Amazon uh, actually works. And I think one, one thing we should start off with is that uh, it's a marketplace. So not only does Amazon sell stuff, but it's literally made up of thousands upon thousands of other sellers uh, as well, correct? Yeah, we're now seeing uh, north of 3 million companies also selling their products on Amazon next to Amazon. I guess that's more than the thousands. <laughs> that's more than the thousands I was alluding to. 3 million. Oh, my God. The biggest department store you've ever seen. Yep. That, yeah, that is uh, that is uh, crazy. Uh they're they're basically the most uh, I guess successful uh, e-tailer in the world right now. Would you agree? Certainly in North America, there there are some other very successful marketplaces and 
strange parts of the world that most of us are not familiar with, but certainly the Western world, Amazon is where it's at. So maybe we can talk about how it uh, it works uh, as well. You know, you're searching through Amazon, uh, maybe looking for uh, a new coffee mug, for example. Uh, and if you search coffee mug, blue coffee mug, uh, you'll literally get you know, if not dozens, maybe hundreds or even thousands of, uh, of, uh, options. Uh, so when I, when I click on one that, uh, I want, uh, James, uh, is that Amazon that is, uh, is selling it or is it uh, a marketplace seller? How can I tell the difference? So the uh, first question to answer, uh, really has to do with which products are being presented to you. So to, to your point, there are literally thousands of coffee cups or blue coffee cups that you might be presented with. It's important to understand that most of the time when consumers go onto Amazon, they actually don't look for branded products. They look for unbranded products. So just as you typed in a blue coffee cup, it wasn't a Keurig coffee cup. It was a blue coffee cup. And so anybody who happens to have a product that may fit that classification has the opportunity for its products to show up. The key to Amazon is what happens on that first page of product search. Meaning, when you type in the blue coffee cup, whose products show up on those first 24 or 36 different options that are on that first page of results? That, that's where the battle is fought, and that's where the battle is won. So if you can get your product on that first page, things get very exciting. Now, the challenge around uh, being a seller who happens to sell blue coffee cups is, what do you need to do to show up on that first page? Yes, it's focused on things like how much... Uh, what, what level of sales have you had traditionally on the site? Uh, do you have prime shipping, meaning are your products eligible to be shipped to you within that one to two day window? Uh, do you have good product reviews to date on your products and a number of other features? Um, but the reality is there's lots of companies who may have all those characteristics. And so how do you gain an advantage, enough of an advantage to still be one of those products that shows up on the first page of search results or even better yet, uh, the first three or four product results, which which are likely to lead to more customers looking at your products. And so that's where things get interesting around where Amazon may or may not be giving itself preferential treatment. So uh, today, if you're a prime customer and you're signed into Amazon as a prime customer and you search for that blue coffee cup, you're going to be presented first and foremost with products that are almost certainly prime eligible, meaning they're products that can be shipped to you within one to two days through Amazon's prime shipping. If you're a seller of a blue coffee cup and you happen to ship the product yourself, that is to say you're not using the prime program, your, your product is likely not going to show up on the first page unless it's managed to have attracted huge amounts of traffic in, in other ways. But that's not very common. So if your product is prime eligible, and it's a particularly good price um, that has led to customers buying a lot of those products, the likelihood of your product being on the first page is very, very high. Amazon, at the same time, may have its own version of the blue coffee cup. They may be selling someone else's brand, or they may, in fact, have their own private label brand. And depending on which type of product we're dealing with, uh, Amazon is likely to show up on the first page with its own products more often than not, because they know how to promote their products better than everybody else, and they're actually able to give themselves promotional space that isn't available to anybody else. Think of yourself going into a grocery store, and you see the displays at the end of the aisle. Imagine those displays were only available for 
the Amazon products. Nobody else could have that space. Imagine you're going to the checkout counter and there's displays there of products. Imagine only Amazon's products are available there as well. Certainly, you, you can see that that might create an advantage for, uh, for customers being exposed to the Amazon products versus everybody else's products. So you've got a little bit of that happening today on the Amazon site. And that's where the uh, folks at the U.S. Congress and in Europe are asking a lot of questions of Amazon around, is Amazon giving itself more advantage than, than is necessarily fair or is necessarily legal? So those are some of the big questions that the lawyers and the politicians are asking today. Is that where the term gating comes in? Uh, that Amazon is basically gating their own products, favoring their own products? So gating is a term that is specifically meant uh, to deal with what happens on a particular product that might otherwise have multiple companies selling the same product. So imagine, let's shift away from the coffee cup example. Imagine we're dealing with a pair of Nike running shoes. If you and I are selling exactly the same pair of running shoes on Amazon, we would both have our products uh, showing up on the same product detail page. That is to say the page that has the image and the title and all the information about the product. And so the question then becomes, if there's multiple companies selling that same product, what algorithm is used to determine whose product is going to get top placement? Because when the customer comes and buys that pair of Nike running shoes, they're only going to add one company's products to their shopping cart. They're not going to add five different products uh, or five, five units of the same product from five different sellers. And so you've got to have an algorithm to determine whose product shows up at the top. Well, Amazon has done something quite interesting with gating, which is to say they have said, we don't want any other companies to be selling our product. So we won't have a competitive listing. We'll be the only seller of our own brand unlike every other brand on Amazon. Every other brand on Amazon, um, with, with a few tiny exceptions, but basically every other brand on Amazon is a competitive brand, meaning multiple sellers can sell the same product at the same time and try to compete to win the sale. And, and in essence, beat each other up on price because if one can lower the price, uh, that gives them a better opportunity to win the sale. With Amazon not allowing other companies to sell their own brand of product, uh, it creates a situation where Amazon is always going to get the sale on its own products. There's never going to be somebody else who finds a way to get that same product and make it available to the Amazon customer. Are we talking about uh, like the Amazon Basics brand, for example? Yeah, Amazon Basics is certainly one of the, the dozens of brands that Amazon has and one of the, the most obvious brands. Uh, today, Amazon has well over 100 brands that, that they own, including a lot of apparel brands. Uh, but this this Amazon Basics brand, uh, when, when you go and search for that brand, you'll only find Amazon as the seller of record. You won't find some random, you know, ABC deals selling that brand uh, because they're, th- those companies have been gated out, or that is to say that they're not able to list the same product. Uh, so uh, with the Nike running shoe example, if you and I both have the same running shoe and we both want to sell it, Amazon will allow both of us to sell that product and put it on the same product page. So as a customer, I have more options available to me, more companies offering me the same product. When you have more companies offering the same product, they compete against each other, and that typically leads to lower prices because someone's willing to offer you that product for a lower price and try to get the sale over everybody else. But you're not going to see lower prices on uh, Amazon, uh, uh, I guess, brands, essentially, because they're the only ones that have the brand. 
that is the case. Um, it, 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 it raises a really interesting question that most consumers are probably not aware of. Uh, Amazon as a marketplace is a very, very busy place for companies that are selling what's called gray market product. That is to say, they're selling product that they're not authorized to sell that product by the brand, but they have found a way to get the product onto the site. And so that example with the Nike running shoes, I may not be authorized by Nike to sell the product, but Amazon certainly welcomes me to come to the Amazon site and sell that product. As long as it's not counterfeit, um, then there's not a problem with me selling the product. Well, you've got a situation here where if you've got a lot of different companies selling the product, they, they may be willing to take a lower price to try to get the sale. If I happen to find a way to get inventory of Amazon Basics products, for example, a bunch of batteries from Amazon Basics, and I wanted to sell them, I wouldn't have the opportunity to sell on Amazon. Uh, you, you've got this peculiar legal situation happening where Amazon is both the operator of the marketplace, but they're also the owner of one of the brands that's being sold on the marketplace. And when you are both running the marketplace and trying to sell on the marketplace, you can you can see these situations, these awkward situations developing where you may create advantage for your own brand ahead of everybody else. And that's where the legislators, the politicians, and so on uh, are starting to ask some of the, the awkward questions of Amazon. We're talking with James Thompson. He's a former business leader over at Amazon and uh, now partner at buyboxexperts.com. We're going to have to take a break. When we come back, uh, we're going to uh, talk a little bit more about Amazon behind the scenes. You listen to Get Connected here on the Chorus Radio Network. Back after this. You are back with Get Connected. Mike Agarbo here with John Beeler. We're having a fascinating conversation today with uh, James Thompson. He is uh, a partner with buyboxexperts.com. He's a former business leader over at Amazon. And we're kind of uh, trying to understand how uh, Amazon works in the background. Uh, so, James, we talked about uh, some of the issues they're having with uh, legisla- uh, legislators. Uh, so what, what is their problem uh, with Amazon uh, basically gating uh, their, their products? The questions that legislators are asking of Amazon are much broader than simply whether or not Amazon is giving itself certain advantages to its own brands. Amazon has grown to be such a large shopping destination. And at least in the United States and Europe, a lot of the regulatory policies in place around competition and anti-competition, antitrust, a lot of those rules were written long before online marketplaces like Amazon even existed. And so a lot of the investigations going on right now, I believe, are really an opportunity for legislators to ask whether some of the laws need to be updated to account for some of the very uh, rapid growth that Amazon has created and this, this dangerous word of whether or not Amazon has market power. So do they have the ability to limit choices of consumers or to raise prices for consumers those are some of the big questions that are being asked. And the, the, the answers are not very simple. They're very complicated. And quite frankly, to get to the root of whether or not Amazon is in a situation where it's, uh, it, it, it's, it's got market power and it's using that market power in ways that legislators don't want, you know, it's going to take years for those questions to get answered. Um, and you know, the, the question you asked me earlier about product gating, you know, that, that's a fairly straightforward example of is Amazon creating unfair advantage for itself? You, know, you and I as non-lawyers may say, yeah, sure, maybe. 
But, but the bigger question is, do the lawyers see that as unfair from a competition perspective? And there's a lot of different areas where uh, the legislators are asking, has Amazon created some sort of a network effect, uh, putting different programs together, different policies for sellers? They put those together in a way that creates uh, challenging times for sellers that uh, make it very difficult for them to either participate on Amazon or, worse yet, not be on Amazon. But when you look at a couple hundred million sellers, excuse me, a couple hundred million customers shopping for products on Amazon, if you're a decent-sized brand, the question becomes, can you afford to not be on Amazon? Do you want to sell your products on Amazon? Well, we talked earlier about gray market sellers. Chances are your products are going to be sold on Amazon whether you want them to be there or not. And so the question becomes, uh, as a brand, can you control what's going to happen to your products on Amazon? Can you control the way they're priced? Can you control the way that they're being shown to consumers with different types of messaging and images and so on? Those are all some of the questions that are being asked today. In the meantime, as a consumer, you're being presented with hundreds of millions of products, lots and lots of choice, often low prices, very convenient shipping. And so a lot of that sounds like a very positive consumer experience, that has to be balanced with some of these questions of competition around has Amazon created a very challenging retail environment for the very companies that bring these products to consumers. Yeah, it's interesting, uh, James, because uh, uh, I can see some of the challenges that uh, brands and and sellers would have uh, with Amazon. I mean, it's a very, very competitive uh, landscape there, but I, I don't think consumers fully get that. Uh, and I, I wonder if, if, if they care uh, as well, because I think all they want is, you know, next day shipping or same day or, or the fact that they just want the product because they can't find it anywhere else too. Right. Um, right. quite often you'll see something that is very specific. Uh, let's say a hard drive case, just cause I was looking for that this morning. Um, there'll be like 20 different versions of the same thing, all with different unpronounceable names before the actual product description, which to me seems like that's the gray market that James was talking about. And there's maybe 10 cents price difference across them all. Yeah. And, you know, for a $20 item, do I care about 20 cents? Maybe I just care when I'm actually going to receive it. Yeah. Right. So if I can get, you know, same day shipping, I'm going to pick that one over the, you know, two weeks from China shipping option. So James, I guess my question then would be, um, why should consumers care about what's going on here in the background? So as a consumer, I like to believe that I'm making my own choices. Uh, and I'm being, I'm being presented with enough options that I can find something that's going to meet my needs. If it's that consideration set, that set of products that I'm being presented with is being too carefully massaged that I, in fact, am not being presented with large national brands that I expect to be presented with, and instead I'm being presented with brands that Amazon has chosen to put in front of me for various reasons. Um, you know, am I being manipulated? I don't know. That's a, that's a challenging word to, to use in the situation. But, you know, if I go in and I'm shopping for, uh, if I'm shopping for, you know, uh, cell phone cases, there may be three or four large national brands that I expect to see because I've heard of them or I've seen them in other retail settings. But on Amazon, to, to your point, there may be a bunch of other brands that are being given priority placement, uh, not necessarily because they're better selling products or not necessarily because they have put as much money into research and innovation and developing new functionality, but because these are companies that are very good at copying and making Me Too products and selling them at 
slightly lower prices. In the long run, I do get a little bit concerned if the large brands that do the development and the research don't have an opportunity to continue to invest in, 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 in these types of research. If the world is full of nothing but copiers, people that are making Me Too products, it, it does become challenging. And certainly, you, you've, heard, you've heard this argument before with, you know, for example, pharmaceutical products. At what point, where's the balance between someone being able to make good enough margin to be able to invest in research versus somebody coming along and simply making a copy that just, just adequately bypasses any design patents or any trademarks uh, and, and is able to, to come and gather enough market share and make some money that way. I think there's also uh, a bit of confusion in the marketplace for some of the consumers too as to, well, who do I go for for support? Do I go to Amazon and just return it and get an exchange? Great question. Do I send it, send it back that way or do I yep. go to the original uh, originator of the particular product, intellectual property? You know, And so you know, in the case of the hard drive thing I was talking about earlier, you know, people might go to Samsung inadvertently and tie up their tech support systems when really it's a third party that's sort of made it look like it's a Samsung device? Well, let's assume that it is a Samsung device, but let's say it's not being sold by an authorized seller uh, and you do have a problem with the product. As a consumer, you're going to try to contact that, that retailer. You may contact Amazon. Uh, if the retailer says, you know what, uh, I don't actually have a manufacturer warranty on this product, and by the way, you're coming to me more than 30 days after you bought it. So even though the manufacturer warranty may be for a year or two years, um, I'm not going to deal with it. You need to go directly to the brand. So now you contact Samsung, and Samsung says, who did you buy this from? <laughs> We've never heard of that retailer. What's this all about? You know, the, the brand now has to make a very difficult decision. Do they choose to honor the warranty or the, or the, man, yeah, the manufacturer warranty, or do they say, you know what, we, we only... Uh, allow manufacturer warranties that are sold through authorized resellers, and you bought something from someone that we've never heard of. Uh, you know, in many cases, the brand ends up making the decision to to eat the cost and do what's right for the consumer. But the consumer bought it from someone who wasn't actually authorized to sell the product in the first place, and the brand has every every right to say, you know what, we're not going to accept this manufacturer warranty. It's been voided because it was bought by somebody who is not an authorized reseller who may not necessarily be managing the brand or representing the brand in a way that we want them to be representing the brand. I, I think that's the big so, concern too, is the, you know, you can oversell it on the Amazon listing when it actually doesn't provide that, that functionality or service. And as long as you're buying products from Amazon and you don't have a problem with them and you don't need to uh, pursue that warranty, you know, life is going to be grand. Uh, if you do have a problem with the product, Amazon has a very, very generous return policy. And while Amazon will end up eating some of those costs, they also push some of those return costs back on sellers. And that, that's fine. You know, in many cases, the sellers are getting a lot more uh, traffic, a lot more sales than they would otherwise get if they weren't participating on Amazon. But as a consumer, you don't necessarily realize that it, there's, a, there's a war going on behind the scenes as it relates to what happens when there's a problem with, with that product. And it's not always a pretty picture. We are going to have to take a break. When we come back, we're going to uh, see if there's any business opportunities uh, left for uh, Amazon sellers in the marketplace. If you're a small business wanting to get in on the action, is there uh, a potential to make money? 
You're listening to Get Connected here on the Chorus Radio Network. Back after this. You are back with Get Connected. Mike Agarbo here in studio. We're talking with James Thompson. He is a, a former uh, Amazon uh, business uh, director giving us the uh, ins and outs behind the scenes of Amazon. And uh, one to know, can people still make money selling things on Amazon? Is there a, a real opportunity, James, for, for sellers in the marketplace to, to make a living? Or is it, uh, is it just too competitive now? Is it a race to the bottom as far as margins and price? Well, it, it depends on what kind of business strategy you're using. Uh, when I worked at Amazon 15 years ago, 12 years ago, uh, you know, it basically it was, it was a land rush. People were just grabbing land saying, oh, I've got product. Let me throw it on Amazon and see what happens. Well, 3 million sellers later, 600 million product listings later, pretty much anything that you would want to find as a consumer, somebody is offering to you for sale on Amazon. And in fact, you might have 40 people selling exactly the same product. So at some point, if you are a general merchandise reseller, that is to say, if you're just a company retailing other people's brands, chances are those brands are already on Amazon 40 different ways. And yes, it becomes a race to the bottom. In the last six or seven years, we've seen quite a large number of what's called private label sellers show up. These are, these are companies, literally people like you and me, who say, you know what, I'm going to build my own hard drive company. And I'm going to go to China. I'm going to find somebody who's going to manufacture it for me. I'm going to go and buy a Canadian or a U.S. trademark. I'm going to put a UPC on that product and build myself a little brand logo and put it on the packaging. Guess what? I'm now selling hard drives under my own name. And if they're under my own name and the product is slightly distinguished from every other brand, I, I am now a brand owner. And I'm selling my own product that nobody else sells. So I'm now competing with every other brand to try to get eyeballs on my product versus any national brands whose products might be otherwise sold on Amazon. So th- there is opportunity for companies to build their own private label brand, but, but it's, it's kind of like being the, uh, well, it's kind of like being yet another me too, putting my hand up and saying, look at me, look at me, <laughs> my product's pretty. No, your product's pretty too, but mine's prettier. Mine's a better mousetrap than yours. And by the way, I've spent even more money on advertising to try to get to the front of the line and get your attention. That when you search for a hard drive on Amazon, those first few results in, in the search results, those are all advertised or paid search results. And I've spent a lot of money to get my product right there so you'll look at it and potentially consider it next to all these other brands that have been sold on Amazon for a long time. Five years ago, Amazon really did not have much of an advertising presence. Now it's a $10 billion business on Amazon, basically getting brands to pay for better placement in the, in the search results. So you can be that no-name brand, a brand that no one's ever heard of, or a brand that only exists on Amazon that, that is able to compete with all the other big boys and try to get some attention and try to get some sales. And for a lot of companies, that, that is a way that they are making a very successful living. It's, so, inter- it's interesting, James. Uh, you talked about the advertising, $10 billion on, on Amazon. Uh, a lot of people don't realize that uh, Amazon's almost like a Google now. I mean, they're selling like uh, search words and uh, display ads right on, on Amazon and making a fortune doing it. So if you compare Facebook, Google, Amazon, Amazon is the only one of those three that is as close to the consumer with his or her credit card out, standing in the aisle saying, I am ready to buy. Show me what I want to buy. I already told you that I'm going to buy whatever unbranded product you put in front of me. So show me the best blue coffee cups and I will buy one of those. 
So if I'm yet another blue coffee cup company, I can spend a bunch of money on advertising to try to jump to the front of the line with a billboard that says, look at me, look at me. And I can make a go of, of trying to trying to get some sales. That advertising has created an additional cost for all the companies whose products are sold on Amazon, because now you have to you have to face the fact that companies you've never heard of might buy their way to the front of the line to get that customer's attention and ultimately get that customer's sale. We're talking with James Thompson. He's a former uh, business leader over at Amazon. He's uh, now a partner over at BuyBoxExperts.com. James, that was a fascinating conversation, and, and thanks for joining us today. Thanks for having me, Mike. Thanks for having me, John. When we come back from the break, I guess more Amazon. It's our <laughs> Amazon skill of the, of the week. Stay tuned. You're back with Get Connected. Time for our mailbag segment where we take your tech questions. This one is from Susan, and she says, Hi, I'm hoping you can give me an idea on good home monitoring uh, that I can get for my daughter and her home. I want one that you would uh, install outside your door to see who's there. Also, I don't want I don't want one that you have to pay a monthly fee for. Uh-huh. Can you suggest a good one for me? That's Ooh. a pretty easy answer. And you would suggest? The Ring doorbell cam. Yes. Why a default to Ring? I love Ring. Yeah, okay. What yeah. do you... Oh, your Nest. I'm, well, I, you know, I would say Nest. Why? I could tell you about my Ring experience. Okay. But I won't go into it. <laughs> but, uh, <laughs> but uh, yeah, no. Well, it just depends on what your ecosystem is in your house or what you want to use. I've definitely subscribed to the Google Home internal speaker, and I've got the Nest cameras in the house. So, for me, it was natural to put a Nest doorbell. Which is a Google company. Which is a Google company. So, it, it comes down to ecosystem, doesn't it, guys? I don't know if it does though, because because they, they will work together. They all play nice. They pretty, do. And, they don't play and nice. I'm gonna I'm gonna assume that Susan does have doesn't have any other stuff, or, or her daughter doesn't have any other stuff in their her house, so that may not even be an issue. Um, but it might come down to price, though. Is is Ring still uh, big and ugly and square? <laughs> <laughs> no, it's round. <laughs> No, it's because it, the Nest is so nice and slim. It looks like a doorbell. The newer ones are are okay. smaller. I'm I'm going to give it to Nest. Yeah, for looking cooler. Uh, yeah. But the Ring, I have one. I freaking love it. It's amazing. It it detects when people uh, are even about to ring the doorbell to give me an alert, and when they do ring the doorbell, the app comes up, and I can actually see a video of that person. And I can talk to them. They can't see me because there's not a video screen there, right? Mm-hmm. But uh, they can hear me. And I can well. Let's talk about service then, because maybe that will be the deciding factor. Yeah, uh, I don't subscribe to anything, but I also can't go back any further than um, like forget what it is. Twelve hours, right? When the ring side, you do get uh, it will record uh, for a little while for free, and then basically, if you want to have it more than I think thirty days, you need to subscribe to their service. The service is pretty unexpected. Thirty days is pretty good. Yeah, well, it's it's thirty dollars US, so about forty bucks Canadian a year for, for a year. Yeah, so that's pretty good, and that's then you'll have good. those videos you can download later on. That's all the time we have left. Don't forget to visit our website, getconnectedmedia.com. This week, we are giving away an Alcatel smartphone, as well as uh, an Epson EcoTank printer. Visit getconnectedmedia.com to check it out to enter to win. This is Mike, John, and AJ signing off. We will see you again next time. You've been listening to a 980 CKNW podcast. Listen live at cknw.com, the Radio Player Canada app, Tune in Amazon Alexa, HD Radio at 101.1 FM HD2, and on the AM dial, 980 CKNW.